0: hello horror fans welcome back to selling the scream a show about horror movies brought to you by one horror nerd and one horror noob i'm jed donaldson the aforementioned noob leaving our nerd uh why can't you just be normal josh yokum that was a question response i need a response and
1: yeah, that's why i was interested in the um the, the screaming and um please take me to the doctor because i've had a seizure um okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> how are you doing I, you know what, I'm here and I I believe we just heard a a third wheel on this podcast make a unannounced interruption there with a laugh to a joke that didn't sort of dare, (laughs) how dare you. Yeah, we're joined today by Jen Fett, uh, I guess the only person who wants to come on the show anymore.
2: Oh, oh, well, thank you so much. I feel honored. Um, (laughs) No, it's great to be back.
1: It's great to have you. Um, I, mean, I think this does bring you back into being tied with Jason Duff as most frequent guest on the show. So yeah. to... I thought
0: she was ahead <laughs> and commandingly ahead.
1: <laughs> uh, more frequently recently, but Jason's been doing it longer. So, you know, that's the <laughs>
0: Gotta count for something, I suppose.
1: How, how are y'all doing?
2: Pretty good. Happy New Year. Um I just realized really? I was looking at back and it has been almost a year since I've joined you. We were last talking about Dracula. So, um, has
0: been that long? I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. We take kind of a big yeah. break in the middle of the year, huh?
2: I feel like I've aged about seven years in that year. So, yeah. um, yeah. Mm-hmm. some ships gone down. So, yeah, um, but yeah, other pretty good overall. Uh, the biggest thing with me, I guess, since then was, um, I started doing volunteer work at our favorite movie theater here that I have you know I've mentioned on the podcast before, the Hollywood Theater. So that's a yeah. fun new part of my life now. And um also doing some volunteer stuff with a great organization called AMP. It's the artist mentorship program. Um so yeah, thanks. Yeah. The Hollywood,
0: I thought I thought you had just always been.
2: No, I mean I was always there as a customer, but.
1: but. No, I mean like since the 1920s. Oh. <laughs> like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> yeah. You've always been the ticket taker, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a it's a cool theater. I know. You, you, we, we visited. Uh, you got to see when you were out here, right? Mm-hmm. I
0: did. It, it is a very neat old building. I I can't imagine what it was like to see movies in it back in the day yeah. it feels like i would the, fall over going to any of the <laughs> any of the theaters weirdly sloped floors it's, i mean it's it's a very cool building don't get me wrong it's just doesn't seem like
1: it's up to code
2: <laughs> what is in portland really
1: <laughs> yeah i mean you know i'm sure all that all that film sitting in the basement is probably not like a giant fire hazard. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like uh i don't know how, how the holidays uh Treat you, I know we mentioned New Year's. We've had like Christmas since uh, since we last talked. To I get uh, I am now air frying my way through life. I've uh, <laughs> <laughs> so much so that Google is just feeding back uh, any food I type in in air fryer uh, automatically afterwards. So uh, the
0: algorithm it knows you.
1: It gets it hooked awesome. in fast. Most important holiday. Like what did you guys do uh, yesterday for January sixth? <laughs> oh. God. the same thing
0: i do every year josh try to take over the country
2: well i watched this movie and i took lots of notes so uh, there you
1: go i'm I'm about to do my thing where i say like is that is like whatever normally we talk about but i think at least two other times we've ended that on january 6th
0: (laughs) (laughs) i'm also fairly certain that that is mostly what we talk about on this podcast
1: (laughs) A lot of we just edited it out because, you know, we're very pro, right? That's the, that's the vibe but of
0: yeah, the show. Yeah, <laughs> our our woke <laughs> friends wouldn't listen if we left it in.
1: But yeah, yeah, what, what do we talk about
0: here, Jim? Oh, were you setting me up? That softball no that was I was? setting you up, but it's <laughs> uh, We don't talk about January 6th ever. Um, we talk instead about horror movies, particularly ones that Josh here has chosen in an attempt to turn me into a fan of the genre uh, with varying degrees of success. Actually, at this point, I, I think I'm I'm willing to say that I am a fan of the genre. I don't watch very many unless I have to. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and like in the premise of the show.
0: Yeah, because I don't want to I don't want to ruin it. You know, in case in case we have to go for the show.
3: That's smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not going to take notes on every movie I watch. That's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, this time uh, we picked out. Uh, I, I know Jen, you're you're here because there's a there's a handful of movies that over the past couple of years like. If it's, if they've been brought up, you've said, Oh, if you ever do this, I want, I want to do that on your show. And this was, this was one of them. This is the, the Baba Duck, which yeah. I, uh, like a, like a big dum dum on our last episode said was from New Zealand when clearly it's from Australia. I, uh. And they won't should, let us stop hearing about it. <laughs> I, sh- I should have listened to, to how they say backpack, whether they say backpack or bick pick. And uh, (laughs) I I guess I didn't. (laughs) That
0: is the that is the only way you can tell, honestly.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I guess before we get into kind of the background on this one, do you want to just like real brief summary why Jen, why this is one of your picks, why this is one that uh, that resonated with you, that you wanted to do with us on here?
2: Sure. Um, This movie to me is is what's I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think of that elevated horror title or label um it's one of the first recent films I guess that I saw that just I absolutely could not stop thinking about just in terms of um the cinematography and all of the underlying themes and the ambiguity of the ending and um I don't know I just it's one of the most thought-provoking movies I think I may have ever seen and I just I think it's wonderful so yeah um
1: you, you know. couldn't get rid of the duck. Here's what you're
2: saying. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying, I guess. yeah. I, you can't.
1: <laughs> I think it's been
0: established if you watch the movie that you cannot get rid of it.
2: And <laughs> I think I have mentioned before, too, like I love I really like the the horror movies where there is an underlying theme of, um, you know, maybe there's a monster or two. But the real the real horror is man and art, you know, the psyche and things like that. So I. That's I really I really dig stuff like that, and this is undoubtedly one of yeah. those films.
1: So yeah. I think that that's where you picked out demons movies. for us, right? <laughs> right?
2: Yeah, that too.
0: The, the more that we watch these shows, uh, I think I agree with you that mm-hmm. that sort of um, space is kind of thing that I enjoy a lot about this stuff. Um, I, I mean, I can get I can get into just a creature feature or a slasher film. Sure. Um Ooh. Ones that have a little more to say and that actually say it in a good way (laughs) or in an entertaining way Mm -hmm. are are the ones I find myself
1: uh, coming back to. I think specifically like um, we'll get into kind of the themes in this movie, but like the um, one of the kind of central things about like how it treats motherhood is I think um, maybe something that is still kind of a taboo in our society, but I think through the lens of a horror movie works better than other genres about like, it, the, the kind of fraught relationship that parents have with their children. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They really, we'll, they
0: really <laughs> wang on that really hard, that one note really, really hard for the first like 30,
1: 40 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Cause I think it's, uh, I think that's like the kind of the part of the movie that I, I find kind of just most compelling is just this like on screen depiction of just like, that sometimes some being a parent just just sucks. It just sucks a lot. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, a little background on this one is this is uh, made by uh, writer director Jennifer Kent, um, who uh, spent the first uh, large chunk of her career as an actress. She went to the National Institute for Dramatic Arts in Australia, which was like a very, very prestigious. Uh, acting school um, was in number of tv shows and small parts in movies she has a small part in Babe the the, the, you know, the pig movie
2: No um, no 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 don't confuse it Babe 2 Pig in the City
1: that's I'm true. sorry I'm sorry <laughs> that, no, I shouldn't get that twisted that's uh, no. the 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 stronger entry of the two Babe movies B 2 PTC
2: Babe 2 Pig in the City is a masterpiece but that's a topic for another time anyway <laughs>
1: I'm sure we'll get to that one. We'll yeah. we'll cover that one in the near future. The harrowing they to pick in the city. Um, but she, she was uh, just kind of fed up with the role she was being offered, and the, like the she didn't find the work she was doing that interesting. So she uh, saw a one film that kind of convinced her that she could maybe make the transition into being a director. She saw uh, Lars von Trier's Dancer in the Dark. Um... And wrote him a letter and asked if she could uh, work underneath him on his next film, which ended up being Dogville. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Jen's familiar with these. Are you familiar at all with Lars von Trier, Jed? Is this a, a name that's ringing bells for you? Oh, the absolutely. Name is,
0: the name is familiar to me, but I, I don't know that I'm super familiar with much of his
1: work. Um, Dancer in the Dark is the movie. That was the Bjork movie. That's the, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I am fully aware that that is a movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. So a brief sidebar on on Lars Von Trier because I I find him. I, do you have a strong Lars Von Trier opinion, Jen?
2: Me? Um, yes. I really like his work, but I also sometimes feel that he is cruel in what he does um, yeah. and intentionally inflicts trauma on his audience. So um, I, I guess I'm. I have mixed feelings about him, but,
1: um, yeah, sort sure of the same. I'm generally kind of down on Lars von Trier. Cause I think he's, uh, I, I find nihilism kind of boring, but, uh, mm-hmm. it, uh I, I won't deny that. Like he's made a couple of, like I thought melancholia was really good. And I've seen a one couple of movies. Favorites. I really, really do enjoy. Um, probably one of the things he's most famous for. And like, Maybe almost 30 years later, I still don't know whether this is a joke or not. Are you familiar with Dogma 95? Do you know what Dogma 95 filmmaking is? No, not a clue. So in honor of the 100th anniversary of cinema, uh, Lars von Trier, another Danish director, rolled out a series of rules that movies should follow to be considered like true works of art. This is a principles. Um, Basically, like, everything has to be filmed on location. You can't bring props. You can't use outside sound. <laughs> the director can't be credited. Uh, you can't, it can't be a genre movie. Uh, no special effects, no superficial action. So, like, murders can't take place in a movie. Um, but you know, I, I really don't think any films actually hit the mark of this. <laughs> movement that, that, that he put forward it's just I, I find it kind of funny that it's like this is the thing he's known for and it's like he hasn't made a movie that exemplifies it nice that is ironic <laughs> um, but anyway she works under him uh, uses Dogville as her film school because uh, I, I think her phrasing was I'd rather be stabbed in the eyes with needles than go to film school
2: I read uh, that yep <laughs>
1: Um, and I think the thing that she said that she took away most from working with him was um, that he had like a really tight knit team underneath him that he like that they all like just implicitly trusted each other Um, so she worked to kind of foster that with this like bring on people who would be like her people Um, she was trying to get some stuff off the ground the first thing she made was a short called monster um, which kind of is the the bones of the babadook it's i don't i don't know did you watch this Jen? i know you like to dive in a little bit
2: i did not but i i that was my impression too that this that eventually evolved into the feature length babadook yeah
1: it's it's on youtube it's definitely worth checking out like it's it's um it it's it's like visually pretty interesting it's black and white and she had talked about like wanting to do the babadook in, in black and white and you know, funding dried up or if that's when she put that that idea forward. <laughs> but, um, it, it's like kind of all the bones of it are there, but I think the thing that you really would walk away from it with would be like, Oh boy, acting sure matters. Like not no shade at the people who are in it. Oh. But like, it's not, it's, it, it's not to the extent and the <laughs> ability that okay. I feel like this film is performed at. Um, but yeah, she mostly, uh, Raised the money through uh, through through grants to make this. It took a long time to get made because she was pitching other projects. And none of them really got off the ground. Uh, finally got uh, most of her funding from Adelaide, from uh, Southern Australia. Like that, that's why it's filmed there. She doesn't really care that it's filmed there, and she didn't like call attention to the fact that it's Adelaide, really in any way. <laughs> it's, um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how this was made. Essie Davis was a, a, our, our lead as Amelia, uh, was a, a student also at NIDA, one, one year behind Jennifer Kent, and uh, so part part of her crew. Um, do you want to get into the film? I can talk a bit more about the process. I can talk a bit more about background, but I think this one's got, like, it's a fertile enough ground that I think we can kind of start diving in if you all want to. Sure. We don't
0: we need do the filler? Is that what you're saying?
1: <laughs> um what, do you want to start because I, I talked a little bit about like the, the how I feel about the the acting in this movie like um it's it's really kind of on the back of two performances like there are other characters in the movie but it's it's a mother and son it's Amelia and, and Samuel who are what 85 90 percent of the of the screen time of this this movie is the two of them
0: I mean, yeah, it's basically all of them yep. Yeah.
1: So what, what, what do we think of these performances?
0: I feel that the the mother has a very very strong, and I feel less confident about the the child's performance, but he does do some of the things he's asked to do pretty effectively.
2: I think he's perfect. <laughs> um, I think they're both perfect. They just out of the park. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. even even in not to jump ahead, but just the opening, even in the opening 30 seconds, like, you know so much about what's going on just based on S.E. Davis's um, facial expressions. And yeah. I said he did yeah. some
1: stuff good. I'm going to just note this down in my notes here. Jed uh, hates child performances. Yep. It's,
2: hates kids pretty much all in general. It's just, it's just
0: really hard to get them to perform. In these nuanced ways, what, what you're asking them to do a whole lot in a movie like this.
1: Yeah, like I know your kids keep screwing up all that plate spinning. You know, you're trying to. Have do.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough.
1: But really, just you know, you just gotta keep drilling down, keep pushing. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think like you kind of nailed, Jen. That that I think Essie Davis, like she's got these scenes where she goes through like six different emotions in the scene, and mm-hmm. it's like. And what she's saying is as indicative of her uh, emotional state as what her face is expressing. And oh, I was like, just like... She's
0: incredible. She does.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. And, like, she's kind of against typing this because uh, she's been in other stuff. She's been in, like, she was in the, like, later Matrix movies and um, Maggie. Um, but, like, I, I, her big thing, I, I haven't seen them, but there's an Australian, like, uh tv character that she does that's sort of like a uh fashionable like detective who you know solves like series of crimes and she's, she's like her, her persona is very glamorous and i would say mm-hmm. this role is about as unglamorous <laughs> as you can get <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: agree agree big time <laughs> um yeah no i think i think this movie is is built off of the two of them and i just i i don't i don't think it works that uh, um they they looked for uh, they looked at 500 auditions for the role of Samuel um finally like narrowed it down and I guess uh, they were originally looking for an older kid but uh Jennifer Kent just thought uh, Noah Wiseman was just such a a good fit for the role that they they kind of scaled back the script and um put it cast him in the role um I don't,
0: I don't know that I would have bought an older kid in this role I mean maybe maybe that's is- Partly to do with the changes that they would have had to make the, to the script to make it work for a younger one, but I don't, the, like the kind of the storybook fairy tale bedtime story mm-hmm. angle would not have worked for me if it was like
1: a teenager. I think it was like eight or nine. I don't think it was like a like a seventeen year old <laughs> like read me a bedtime story, mom.
2: And then give me <laughs> the car keys. Yeah. Like... <laughs> All
1: right. No. Wait.
0: no. Now <laughs> I'm coming around. <laughs>
1: <Thanks>. <laughs> Go pick out a book while he's like pouring water in the liquor bottle so that's back at like the level that it was Yeah, <laughs> what I found really interesting as I was uh, reading a little bit and like watching some interviews with her like uh, Jennifer Kent's process of like herself coming from being an actor uh, that they didn't really do like script reads like mm-hmm. she would just sort of trust that they knew the material and she would just do like just exercises to build uh, like camaraderie or trust with each other like we we'll just do like um you uh, just, just spent a lot of time getting to know them and then we we'll just do like really long takes and like just do it over and over and over again and just kind of find out what worked in each take and just kind of trust their relationship a little bit hmm. so it was kind of kind of an interesting fact so we we got our, we got our peoples um what, what do we think about our monster?
2: Are you do want to know? go right
1: the, there? The, the baba took himself. Jed? Did I miss something? <laughs> the, the monster, what would you right? think of, Yeah, did, it didn't work for you in a in a word or in a look?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's the word, yeah.
2: Yeah?
0: Yeah. Um, did, I mean, creepy. It operates a lot in shadow. Doesn't say much. Um Yeah. The sound the sound design was effective. I think it is a pretty good movie monster.
2: I uh, and <laughs> I unfortunately cannot agree. Um I think because oh, I think No, no, I think it's because <laughs> of everything that's happened with this movie um subsequently, right? Um first of all the one of the first times I saw it, I I don't know how this I somehow associated the Boba with Kurt Vonnegut. Like it just kind of gave me Kurt Vonnegut vibes a little the bit. Vonnegut. And so then um, I just started laughing every time it <laughs> it appeared. Um, it has since become an icon, uh, an LGBTQ icon, and I've seen so many, like, fabulous (laughs) costumes and tributes to it that it just, it makes me happy when I see it now. So I can't quite separate, I just, it, the Babadook itself will never be frightening to me, I I guess.
0: No, Um, that's fine. I, yeah. I assume we would get into the LGBTQ stuff at some point. yeah. Um, Yeah. I gotta say, Art. just on first on first blush, I think it's really reaching to make that sort of connection. But I, I'm not part of that community, and if if you are and you say it does, then who am I to say no? I generally think I'm a pretty empathetic person and can kind of see these things. Um, but I mean, the closest I can get is that
1: it's like well, J- it's Jennifer like the other. destroying the family.
2: Yeah, Jennifer <laughs> Kent herself has said that she does has no idea like what kind of why he became or they became that icon. Um, but well, I mean,
0: I I can, don't, I can see someone who is a part of that community having feelings that would resonate with the other themes in this movie, which is like, you know, grief and trauma and, you know, kind of the family not being accepting the mother, not being accepting of the child or parents not being accepted. They're accepting of their children the way they are. They wish they were different, that sort of thing. I can, I can almost get there, but it's almost so on the nose to me, textually, that this is a movie about grief mm-hmm. and trauma. That I don't know that I can really see it. It feels like I really have to reach to see another
1: reading. Sure. So I'm, I'm I do know where this came from, and it's, it is, it's maybe the the dumbest explanation of it i i do appreciate again that the uh and like jennifer kenneth said like oh i'm so glad that they've like this has become a thing and that he's continued to live on in this way
0: Mm -hmm. Um, i think i know where you're going with this is it the netflix thing netflix categorized this movie as an lgbt
2: right i forgot (laughs)
0: that is that is extremely dumb and extremely funny
2: but so to long story short josh i just i cannot the visual representation of the Duke I do not find frightening at all. The sound, yes, I do, and that's very effective. Um, but
0: dark figure in a cloak and hat with like razor blade fingers doesn't do it for you.
2: No, no, it doesn't makes me giggle.
1: makes you think there's of the a, gaze there's 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 a couple different ones in this, right? Because there's the storybook version of them. there's the yeah. like the, the cut out paper book version of them.
0: That's a pretty intense <laughs> pop- up book, I gotta say.
1: Uh, that's that's where i kind of have like i i I guess the theory i share with joe bob briggs even though uh i he was presenting it as being like controversial and nobody thought it i was just like oh that's that's the takeaway i had but uh (laughs) the the um yeah the the book itself is 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 pretty amazing (laughs) i love the design of it but just Mm -hmm. how the pop-ups are how intricately (laughs) the snapping neck and the yeah um, no it's it's great but, uh, Did,
0: were you telling me that this is is this an actual thing or was this m- like a made up like in a poem book or a, like book of poems or something i think i vaguely remember you saying something about it
1: uh no that was that was a different movie that i think pumpkin Pumpkinhead was based on a poem um Maybe it what was I, could think of. I don't know i really like pumpkin
0: <laughs> can we talk about Pumpkinhead?
1: We can just like let's just play that episode back in the middle of this episode, and we'll come we'll come back to it. Just it'll be it'll be a three hour episode with the pumpkin head middle episode. If you, in if you haven't
0: heard the pumpkin head episode, go listen to it now. We'll wait. <laughs>
1: um, but no, this the the Babadook was uh she was trying to come up with a name for the monster, and she wanted it to be like a little silly, and she was fishing around, and she um was living with a uh, a serbian guy in in denmark and asked what the name for the boogeyman was i think it was like bobby it's not baba yaga but it's like baba yorga or something it's the it's yeah. slightly different version she was just mm-hmm. like she just liked the baba part and then just thought dook made it sound even like goofier mm-hmm. um because it, it, it's it has to be a disarming name for like something a kid would actually. Oh, right. Duck! Like that's it um, needs to Susie be a Indian, little but...
0: silly to fit into a child's. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the, the look itself was also like just heavily modeled after um, London After Midnight, the uh, the maybe the most famous lost film, um, Lon Chaney Sr.'s uh, movie about a guy who kind of styles himself after a vampire, but he's just a like a guy who comes for you in the night. Um, but he has like the same like tall top hat and cloak and, uh, gaunt features. Um, but I, I feel like there's also like, even in the real world, there's the, like the stop motion one that she sees crawling like a roach on the ceiling. And then there's like the yeah. one that she, there's the one that she sees in the neighbor's house. That's like a little bit more human. Um, that's the wanna get her one. husband. <laughs> 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 I think you may have dreamed of that. I don't know.
2: What you. No. What Tell I mean. me. It's, <laughs> We can move
1: on, but whatever. It's... <laughs> so it goes, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I I think that's part of why this movie has become such like a cult hit, though. is just that it's a it's a good monster, um, and it, it it works pretty amazingly. Um, Two out of
0: three podcasters agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like not a CGI creation. She very intentionally wanted it to be like all doable in camera and have like as little. Like people are like, Oh, it, it looks kind of like it doesn't look as natural as it would the CGI. And she's like, Oh, that's the point.
0: Right. I, I like that. There's not like a, I mean, other than the, the general consistency between the images of, of him that you see or it that you see, um, it, it's changed. Like you have the book version, you have, like you said, the claymation version on the, the ceiling, you have the version across the hall. There's the version that appears on the television. Um, there's, there's so many different
1: ways that it's presented. To you in the movie. Um, let's, let's get into the, the general plot of this thing. We've been uh, kind of dancing around a little bit. And I know uh, at least one of us took their notes in sequential order. <laughs> 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 Can't do it this way. Um, so our, our our movie opens. They they use this device again. Um, I, I really like this like narrative framing device of Essie uh, Davis, like either in a, in a dream or in. Uh, in flashback or just, but she had, she's in a car crash beginning. You kind of don't know the context. You just know that she's like in darkness and you're like the noises. And then she like, her character is tremendous. mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Just falling into bed, almost like falling into her life. Right. It's (laughs) like
0: her, her head is stationary and the, the background is spinning around her. And like, it's like she's in the middle of a room that's spinning. Like she's just locked into a chair and their glass just drifting by her. I found that to be a very interesting and very cool opening shot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Go
2: ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's really important to note that that blending of uh, dreams and reality, as well as alternate realities in the film, mm-hmm. that they set they set that up right from the beginning. Um, yeah. Which we'll definitely come back to multiple times, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: 'Cause I, I know they echo that
1: shot at least one other significant. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so what we we come to find out is that she is a uh widowed single mother. It's Amelia Vanek, and her son Samuel, who um uh, immediately is uh you know he's he's got a bit of a for a movie that's like I don't wanna say grounded, but like the the stuff that's not Babadook related seems to be mm-hmm. like mundane and menial we got a little bit of a of a kevin McAllister here we got a six-year-old who's building weapons <laughs> a little dialogue I, santa claus i
0: yes i was gonna i was gonna make that connection i i honestly thought we were gonna fight
1: santa <laughs> you were waiting for him to like in the third act get the mullet and just uh and, and yeah, have a, some, uh, some
0: sort of rambo montage <laughs> to knock off 80s butt rock
1: Hey, that is bonnie tyler that does not knock off anything that's, that's original.
0: No, I this
1: movie would have. <laughs> um, but like already, like it, Samuel is is waking her up by like breaking shit in the house, <laughs> constructing weapons. So like you can just she, she just radiates exhaustion.
0: Yeah, I mean the
1: introduction.
0: The introduction to their relationship is. He's scared, crawls into bed with her, and -hmm. then has an experience, which I think anyone who has has a child would be familiar with, of them trying to strangle and beat you to death with their feet over
1: the course of the evening. (laughs) I think it's used effectively a a few times in this movie, just that, like, that her being pushed out of her own, like, bed and, like, forced onto the edge and constantly Mm -hmm. pushing him off and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Uh, I, I love
0: work. my kids, but I have definitely pushed them away when I'm like, I just, <laughs> you can't hug me right now. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is time for sleeping. This is not, this is not, this is not hugging time. Um, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm an edge of the bed sleeper. That's, that's partly like sharing the bed. My, my son, when he was a baby, um, at least a few times would, if my alarm went off and I hit snooze and he was like one, would just slap me right in the face. <laughs> <and whack. laughs> I mean, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, wake up, asshole. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, we find out that her she, like not only is she like <laughs> I, I love the detail that like she's this caregiver for a boy who is just too much mm-hmm. at home and then she goes to her job at a at a senior care facility like taking care of old people who can't take care of themselves so it's like right. it's never a gap in like this caregiver role yeah <laughs> um, she
0: seems to be pretty
1: good at it or handling it fairly well beginning because, oh yeah 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 um there's there's a few other characters that are introduced uh, there's there's the neighbor miss wrench who's um, an, an elderly woman who's uh, you know very uh doting with both of them and concerned and uh suffers from parkinson's and uh i know for jennifer Cat, this was this was very important that she actually cast an actress who had parkinson's because her mother has parkinson's um so she found uh, an actress who hadn't really worked in 40 years because of her diagnosis and and brought her on to do this role um we have the uh the the sort of teased maybe love interest this like a nice guy who's introduced by, you know, uh, telling her like that she's in the kitch- kitchen where she works. <laughs> um, uh, yes, but that seemed very joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's covered up. Nothing's wrong. For, 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 <sighs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> got it. I got it. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's funny because I feel like he's almost like set up to be like in a, in a different movie, like, uh-huh. It's not, like, the savior, at least somebody who, like, factors in somebody who, like, joins the, the unit or whatever. But, like, he kind of gets one look at them and he's like, well, I'm out of this movie. <laughs> like, yeah, you yeah, all seem to be having a real does, one.
0: He does vanish. He's like, I just wanted to check on you. And, uh, well, you guys are good. I'm, <laughs> that's all for me.
1: <laughs> um... Also, her uh, her sister and her niece uh, play a play a pretty significant role to uh, Claire and Ruby, um, who uh, we we come to find out that not only is she widowed, but the the accident that we saw kind of in the dream at the beginning is um, her husband. They got into a car crash on the way to the hospital, and he died. And later on, we see that it is it was not a like drawn out death if, if her vision is accurate it was a got his head bisected uh, um in the car right next to her death and yeah. then she had this child um yeah and then uh her her sister seems to keep her at a distance and uh that the, the niece and and the nephew don't really get along I, because he's a strange kid I the
0: sister as kind of exhausted as well like Someone who has tried and tried and tried, but this person is not ready to pull themselves out of the situation that they're in. Because it's been, what, I think seven years since the since the husband died, something like that?
2: It's been six, but I think the sister is a coose, and so is Ruby. I cannot stand it. Strong. Them. Wow. No, they're awful. Good. I don't... Yeah, I, I hate and I, 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 hate, I like, think you're supposed say to say feel that way
0: based on what you see. For but sure. But to me, sure. I can also see... This is this is the sort of thing that I have dealt with personally in my life where there is there are people in my life who it doesn't seem to matter what you want to do to help them. Whatever your good intentions are, they continue to make the same choices and same decisions. Um, I, I think I may I may have I texted you guys earlier today and said, basically, why is this movie making me feel things? This uh-huh. is kind of goes into that a little bit no i so, uh,
2: i totally understand what you're saying in that dynamic i just don't think that that's maybe this is not that's not the dynamic that i saw i guess between yeah. the sister yeah i just so, saw her as like, uh, i like, am
0: saying that this could, <laughs> totally could be me bringing my own shit here
2: <laughs> <laughs> which is another thing that's so great about this movie is like yeah. a, a lot of people do see see their own uh various things reflected in it but mm. um yeah. And I want to say before we get too far away from like the setup, how uh, how we find out about the nature of the accident is that Samuel tells a stranger in a grocery store. Right. Uh, like he, you know, uh, Amelia is paying and he runs off and is um, being perfectly lovely to a complete stranger. And uh, the next thing you know, he says, my dad's in the cemetery. He got killed driving mom to the hospital to have me. and You know, it's just very one of the the many scenes that he has where he just says something that he absolutely probably should not have, but um, that's how you come to find a six year old with a filter. Totally, totally, and and you know, I think Mrs. Roach is the one who says it at some point that Sam sees things as they really are and tells them as they really are, or something like that. She makes a comparison
0: as he is very much like his father in that.
2: Yes,
1: yes, yeah, which which gets echoed later on. That's something that uh. She says too. So, um, yeah, the, um, I, I guess the other, like, just character I, w- I just want to mention real quick is that, uh, so at the beginning, when, when, when Samuel has this, like, nightmare and, and they're doing the routine of going through and looking, looking in the, under the bed, looking in the closets and, um, checking everything. As soon as that little dog walked by, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, that dog's fucking dead. Like,
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no
1: cool. way that dog's living through this movie. <laughs> that adorable pupper <laughs> he just kind of like walks into frame, I'm just like, oh no oh no, oh, <laughs> no. pour one out for him um, so uh, yeah, he, I mean, Samuel is uh, he's coded as being very <laughs> difficult he's very hyperactive, hes he does like he builds his weapons, he's got his like magic tricks that he does that mm-hmm. he's like Look at me, look at me, look at me. Just very attention seeking. Very um, very stewart from Mad TV. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I'm kind of wondering because like one of the things that people will come talk, sometimes talk about with this movie, like one of the interpretations, is that he's uh, coded as being fairly neurodivergent in some way. Is that like something that like grabbed you? Did you read him as like ADHD or maybe on the spectrum or
0: yeah, I can definitely see that. I mean his like infatuation with like with magic and magic tricks like it it feels very much like something that someone who is coded in that way would fixate on like they they grab one thing kind of stick to it um to the exclusion of all else i when i was watching it he was one of the things i was trying to to see if maybe that is part of what the lgbtq lens was from like just him kind of having like the the larger than life the, the magic stuff like wearing the glittery cape and all that stuff, but like I just I couldn't find a way to to crack into that through that the child. So
2: well, um, and yeah. wasn't the did I completely make this up or was the father also in, somehow involved in magic and like did was that part of what he did? I think performance.
0: There's a there's yeah. a violin that features pretty heavily in in certain scenes, so maybe mu-
2: music. I thought hmm, okay, um, maybe I did make it up, but I thought. Maybe it was a DVD that he the DVD that Samuel watches. Right, um,
0: the, the DVD was basically like an older guy teaching magic tricks. So uh, you, anyway, you could totally be correct. I've only seen the movie once, but I did just see it this afternoon. <laughs>
2: but I thought the dad maybe if he's not if, if it wasn't magic, he was a performer of some sort. So, yeah, yeah, I thought that was also not only Samuel just being precocious, but also a way of him to get to Set know his father blood. who he who he never knew, or right? He yeah. died before
1: he was. Yeah. Born, so. Well I mean he, he literally says at one point, like, You don't you don't own my dad. Like you don't like because yeah. he's all all the stuff's in the basement. And I think that's another like just boy rich rich metaphorical thing here that yeah, like, right. about like not dealing with your trauma and your, your depression, your PTSD is like literally all the stuff is down in the basement locked away right. and Right. And, it's
0: um, like like it's like literally what someone would do but also really really rich with meaning
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah uh, um so yeah we see a little bit of her at work we it, Samuel gets in trouble at school because he's brought one of his weapons to school um I, I do appreciate her in this scene here where they uh, they keep referring to him as the boy
0: <laughs> I, yeah, about, um, I mean Josh I know you have a little bit of background with with this sort of like teaching in a, a situation where the children are you know, have various different issues going on. Um, did this do anything for you? Like this bring back any memories or like you have any feelings about the, the teacher and the, I guess the principal other than what the movie might be trying to make you feel.
1: Um, I guess a, a little bit. I did. It's just, it's always hard because like, I feel like one of the things that's difficult in education is like, you might have, you know, depending on whether you're teaching elementary or like secondary 30 to 100 different students maybe under your care and every single one of them is different with a different story and like you i think sometimes the the remove of like generalizing because you don't want to like make assumptions also depersonalizes so that's like i i i definitely see like both them not wanting to like insult but then like defaulting back to such neutral language that like personhood is stripped from, from the child you're talking about but sure. um i don't know it's that i i feel like there's not a lot of comedy in this movie there's not a lot of larks to be had oh, uh, no. <laughs> but i feel like maybe the handful that we do have are the uh when the social service people later on comes at come to the house to like check on his enrollment status for mm-hmm. school <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> Um, they, <laughs> the, second, the second, the second visit,
0: the second visit from them definitely reminded me of, uh, my, I, I may have told the story on the show before there was when my brother and I were very young, uh, they used to have those, like the big metal cans of high C punch where you'd have to like use like a can opener to punch the top open to, to pour it out. And like, you'd have to shake it up really well before you used it. Um, my brother was running inside the house. My mom was in the kitchen shaking up one of those cans to get a, uh, make a tasty beverage for him. Um, my memory says it was Ecto Cooler, but that probably <laughs> it could have just been fruit punch. I don't know. Um, but he ran underneath her, got wanged in the head. Uh, we had to go to the emergency room to get stitches. And when the doctor asked what happened, of course he said, "My mom hit me in the head with a can." <laughs> so, <laughs> so that that part, yes, it's funny, but also like, oh, a little a little awkward as well.
2: Right. I think this he says. Yeah. I
0: think he
2: says. Yeah. Oh, I'm fine, I'm just really, really tired from the drugs mom gave me, right? Or something <laughs> yeah, like that.
0: That's, that's the first <laughs> trip, yeah. <laughs> Not drugs, tranquilizers. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. So um, everything's very primed for uh, Samuel to find a, a book on the bookshelf and bring it over, this pop-up book of, about Mr. Babadook that starts off fairly innocuously enough a, a a figure who wants to come in and be friends with you and then gets progressively scarier and scarier as it goes along um the central theme is like he wants to get in and once he's in he you cannot get rid of him he will not leave <laughs> so um this you know I I do love the immediate cut from him getting like terrified to this to like her in his bedroom trying to read him just like the most insipid, <laughs> <laughs> while he's <laughs> sobbing into her lap. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So like from this point forward, it's it's we've already seen that he's got like fears of monsters and he's got like uh, these preoccupations. Mr. Bobaduck is what he becomes extensively fixated. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, he's he's got this whole thing where. He, he is af- afraid of monsters. He does not want his mother to die. Uh, he is obsessed with protecting her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I mean, that's what all the the weapons are for. Um, yeah, so he's he's a little a little focused.
1: <laughs> um, but there starts to be like some kind of spooky stuff going on. So it might not be like entirely just the, the scary book. There's like of the closet door that he knew was closed that opens yeah. and like, um, just kind of mysterious shadows and stuff. And, um, I, I think the first like big escalation is, uh, Amelia and, and, uh, Samuel sitting down for, for dinner, eating some soup and she gets some glass in her soup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. This before really kind of hammered home the idea that this was dealing with grief and trauma. Um, are you, Either of you guys familiar with the with the term tulpa or tulpa? Uh,
2: I don't think so. Okay, it's, vaguely, but but go, do it again.
0: It's, all right. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit my sources here real quick. The Urban Dictionary defines the term tulpa as a Sanskrit word used to refer to a practice in Tibetan Buddhism in which the practitioner creates a sentient being through the power of thought. Um, so, I mean, generally speaking, the idea is you believe in something so much that it creates something. Hmm. Um, so. Like I wondered early on if kind of maybe that was the direction this movie was headed in, that you know this this book wherever it came from, it made its way in and the and the idea mm. became so firmly fixated in this family's mind that it kind of manifested as
1: a thing. Interesting. I think that's something I really do appreciate. Is something you just briefly mentioned there is that like this movie never is like interested in the slightest in where did this come from. Oh no. It is. It is just there. Yeah, (laughs) the book shows up um, and it keeps
0: coming back because you can't get rid of it.
2: Well, I guess Um, the one there is one little tiny scene where it it does pose that question, right? Which when she goes to the police and they ask to see it and she says, well, I I burnt it. So you can't see it. And then that just
1: that shuts it down.
0: (laughs) She tries to tell people, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: but then she feels silly. First, it's not her who's obsessed with it. It's her being upset that Samuel's so obsessed with it. Right. Um. So so much so that he's like, um, you know, ruining the his cousin's birthday party, which is also like kind of supposed to be his birthday party because obviously his birthday is loaded. Um, right. And I think I think the key to understanding what's going on and where this book comes from is something she says in this scene. <laughs> um because the, the 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 kids are playing and, and running off and he's Samuel's very clingy. He's kind of like looks like maybe the only boy there or one of very few. There's a, mm-hmm. there's a creepy mind. Um and he's just kind of hiding out in the tree house before he gets into a conversation with Ruby who like this is maybe like Jed, I don't know if I'd call like a, a seven-year-old a cooze. <laughs> I
0: would <laughs> like, I think she's definitely being koose E. Maybe she uh, hasn't had the experience necessary to be an actual couze, but it <sighs> it could be you I could really say see. it's learned behavior. That's I'll I'll give you that.
1: Yeah, but like uh it, she so there's there's an incident out there. We'll, we'll get back to that. But I think one of like at least to me, like how I read this the first time I saw it and and again like the thing that maybe I just focus in on is uh she's dealing with all of the, uh, the other moms inside who have just very, uh, privileged and kind of inconsequential. Um, (laughs) she's, she's a tragic figure who's kind of darkening their space. Um, and one of them kind of makes the comment like, Oh, Claire said you were a writer. And, Mm -hmm. uh, she said that she, well, she has she hasn't written in a long time. She used to write, write children's books. um, I, so I missed we, that. we can unpack oh, yeah. this it, at the end. Or I didn't make the connection. Yeah, I think I think Amelia wrote the goddamn Boba. <laughs> oh,
2: that's what I always thought. Yeah, I thought it was implied that she did.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but that's uh, apparently that's like a, a controversial statement or something. But um,
0: no, I think it, I think that tracks pretty heavily with the way the rest of the movie pans out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I I. I you know I, I guess maybe get into the bigger implication of that at the end but the um the the incident that happens in the the treehouse is that like that ruby just keeps needling sam about like that he's he's such he's such a fuck up that he doesn't even have a dad right <laughs> which boy yeah that's a that's a real shit <laughs> that's something um, a
2: that coos would say i believe so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll let it go.
1: I, I'll let it go. <laughs> but, like, also saying, like, oh, my mom never wants to come over to your your house because she thinks it's depressing. Which, like, maybe just a moment on the set design, because she ain't wrong. Their house is depressing as shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> it
2: right? becomes more so as the movie goes on, though. Like, it's not at first. It's, I, mean, I thought that was the case as well. I mean, there
0: was, a, there was a time about, I don't know, three quarters of the way through the movie, I was like, man, this house is... I. I didn't notice it up until this point but this house is really gray and black and <laughs>
1: muted it becomes reds
2: more so as it goes yeah. on
0: yeah
2: mm-hmm. it's sure. just it's
1: very gothic this was this was a um this was a built set this is a they they um there's a they don't show the 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 windows facing outside because they're just facing into another studio um but yeah i think i think that the house itself is just so stark and like, I think I really noticed it actually in that dinner scene where they're eating the soup mm-hmm. and just like their kitchen is just so bare and huge and like dark. <laughs> like, right. it's, it's just this, the space they're in all the time informing <laughs> like they're already gloomy, miserable lives. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, um, so at, the, at this birthday party, they, uh, this is the, again, the, the, very memeified, the, the gift that I posted on our Facebook page, the, uh, why can't you be normal? Um, and, and Samuel has a, has a seizure. They go to the, they go to the hospital. They go to see a doctor and, mm-hmm. uh, there's nothing, uh, really wrong with him, but it, it, the, she kind of talks the doctor into giving him some sedatives. Um, I, I think maybe something else, like another scene that maybe we should briefly touch on, that I think has happened at this point. Um, and I, I maybe have like a, a embarrassing, funny story to, to share with you sure. is, uh, when, uh, when Amelia is up, up at night thinking about, uh, she's, she's already seen like a, a couple kissing and she's watching like some romantic stuff on TV. Oh and, yeah. Uh, she goes up into her room and gets out her, her, uh, her vibrator and starts the Jill off. Uh, this is kind of like the first, also in the Babadook shows for the first time for Samuel. Um, but yeah, this, the, I think that's also just like, there's no release or relief even there. There's no like, there's no privacy. There's nothing, yeah. There's nothing in her life that isn't like shared at this moment. I feel um, like there's
0: not a lot that's very subtle about this movie. And sometimes that can bother me, but it, it did not bother me. I, it just, I liked how in how little I had oh, to actually dig to find the meaning.
1: Yeah. Oh, she's, she's masturbated. Let's see where this goes. Let's <laughs> yeah. us <laughs> just, let's let's just hold on it. Come on. <laughs> it eventually goes nowhere. Um, so should I, should I tell my embarrassing story here since I've set it up? You, have to, I mean, you
0: said you were going to, so. Okay, okay. Here we go.
1: Um. So you know how, like, everybody kind of went, like, fucking crazy in 2020 a little bit? Um Yeah. Right. i part of my going crazy and my like feeling lonely is i was just i was sort of like re-examining i think i was like just seeing how like the dialogue around like women having sex toys was just like this very accepted and like you go girl and you do that energy and i'm like well fucking patriarchy cuts both ways Mm -hmm. right like why why couldn't i have something um but then I looked at like what they cost, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna get the Wish.com version of this." Um, <laughs> so I, I I ordered one, and uh, you know I I gave it the college try, but I like I, I put it uh, in the closet when I was done with it. Uh-huh. Uh did not think of it really again. Oh my. God. Um. But but one thing that I had not It wasn't on.
0: loaded right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> shit uh, one thing i had not counted on was that uh it, it, it was it, it was you could charge it and and the uh there was a function it was chinese so i didn't know like what any of the buttons said but there was a function that would like turn on like anime schoolgirl moaning that was just like <laughs> i i don't know who this is for but it's not me this does nothing for myself but um when the battery started to die, that function would kick in, but it would slow down and sound like a dying ghost, like a, like a speaking um, spell. I've been I've been oh, woken up by some scary whoa. sounds out of a children's room. A little bit. So uh, my son is staying over, <laughs> sleeping in my room, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, he's I like uh, down there are sounds coming from the closet. I think there's a ghost. <laughs>
3: so, oh my god. This is great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that wasn't a ghost. That was just uh, that was that was a thing I bought that I needed to get rid of. Oh what is it, Dad?
0: Uh, um uh, uh That's uh it's one of Dad's old friends, uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <my gosh. laughs> oh my god.
3: So,
1: Let's let's keep not talking about the plummet All
0: right, all right,
1: yeah. <laughs> um just I have a lot of sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy for Fair, okay. Again, so. okay. <laughs> well, this Okay.
2: Okay. Well, this movie is with us all in very deceptive. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so she does uh after like so much stuff about Mr. though she tears up the book, she throws it away. Um And that's it. it that's it, it End the story it comes back to her uh not only patched back together but with new more violent pages in it with uh like explicitly showing the uh i think three really important things that get added in here the uh the mom in the book killing the dog killing the child and killing herself um so some of those blank pages have been filled in um so she goes to the police station after she, of course, burns it like you would, like anybody would. Um, and what would uh, what'd y'all think of this police station scene? I think this is one of the creepier scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's typical
2: creepier. You thought?
1: A cab. Uh, well, <laughs> she's she's like first of all, she, like just saying what's happening, just like I, my child and I are being stalked when she comes in, and immediately a cop that's in the background laughs at her. What? So it's just.
0: They laughed at her when she said it was uh like the book when they <laughs> yeah someone someone left a children's book at their house
3: yeah which was,
0: hey. I I agree but I mean this hey. is just is that, has there been a horror movie where the police were presented in any light other than either bumbling or complicit? Um, maniac
2: cop. Yeah, I was gonna was, to say. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: pick one I've seen.
2: <laughs> oh, but yeah, no, you're right. It's it's a. I don't know. I guess it didn't come off as creepy to me just because it seemed so commonplace, you know, um, especially in the world of horror movies, but she does, I do, I did like the touch where she's explaining all of this, you know, she's desperate for help. They're not listening to her. They're not taking her seriously, but then she looks down and she sees her hands are covered in like the charcoal from the grill and she kind of realizes, oh my God, I sound crazy, you know, um, I think that's well, what she,
0: she also saw the Babadook hanging up on the coat rack.
2: Yes. <laughs> so, um, but that's kind of when she, maybe it's a sad scene because she, that's kind of when she realizes like, oh yeah, I'm not getting help for this. Like this is, no one is going to believe this. No one is going to help us with this. This is, we're off on our own. So yeah.
0: I wanted to, I wanted to mention something before we, I mean, unless we got a whole lot more to about, say about the police station, I wanted to talk about the, the pills, the, tranquilizers that we got for the kid um that we see him taking several times. Do either of you think she took them also?
1: Oh yes. I did. I think she's even if she's not taking them, she's just also because he's taking them, like able to catch up on rest and sleep.
0: <laughs> I well I mean the, the reason I say is because explicitly when the when the doctor gives her the prescription, he states that this can have fogginess of memory, nausea Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, sort of like things that would kind of lend to a like a like a lucid dreaming or a a not quite real reality uh, heading forward as soon as these things start being taken. So and there is a scene where she kind of like she kind of does the fall back into bed reminiscent of the opening scene Mm -hmm. um, and then both of them sleep until like almost noon the next day. So I (laughs) I wondered a little bit.
2: I did think I did assume that she probably did. But again, that's one of the things that truly like does not matter i don't think in this movie like like you said josh she could it could just be that she is so it's the first chance she's had to deeply rest that she's just like knocked out (laughs) um i mean i'm approaching
0: this from from, i haven't seen this movie before so i'm trying to piece together what it's trying to do as we're going through it sure wondering if that was part of the Okay, well, she's kind of disassociating from reality here a little bit by taking these this medication, which she's already horribly
1: sleep deprived.
2: Yeah, it's definitely possible.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, it, I mean, and as the movie gets into the end game and like the, she's the point of view character for in 95. I think there's a few scenes where you just see Samuel, but for 95 percent of the movie, it's it's you're with her. Right. Um, so as she starts to kind of like become infected with the babadook and seeing the like her reality falls apart like it's, it's kind of hard to know like what what other factors might be going into that like i, I if she had taken something or if she, it, i think part of it's just that you know it, the more important thing is it's the unresolved stuff It's the, true like, it's just
0: watching it it seemed like there's a real hard line uh in like up until that point, like is a she's been more or less in control, uh, and the child's been out of control, and then it kind of crumbles a little bit. And there's a real hard line once those sedatives hit, where it's almost a complete role reversal, where the child is nearly perfect. Like you, we see them out mm-hmm. at a restaurant, and there's maniac kids on the other side, and he's calmly eating his ice cream, and she's sitting in a bathtub,
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah.
0: randomly uh, like spouting off, like just telling him to go eat shit if he's hungry.
1: I, I think it's may, this may be another like behind the scenes. Important thing to say too, is that they, uh, they were very careful about what they exposed, uh, Noah Wiseman to like these, oh. a lot of those scenes you'll see were shot in like reverse. So, yeah, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they said that, um, like during the, the end scene where she's like telling him that she wants to bash his fucking brains out against a brick wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she's actually saying to him in the reverse when he's in the shot to get the same, that reaction because he has a really big reaction to it mm-hmm. as Essie Davis said she was going to get all of his Legos and put them in a bag and pour cement in the bag and throw it in the original aww
0: that's, you know what that's fucking worse because he can relate to that a little more
1: <laughs> um but yeah they um like i, I guess he, he knew it was a scary movie but it was like, kind of presented to him that he was like the hero of the scary movie and that like he wasn't going to be in all the parts or whatever i don't like I scary parts um but yeah the, the i think the real turn here comes like not only is she like starting to see these things starting to like suspect there might be something going on but she actually has like a real vision of the babadook uh because she's also her first vision isn't of the Babadook. Her first vision is of the uh, the vagina in the wall that's spitting out cockroaches. Yeah. So, and <laughs> right when the
2: right when the DCFS people show up, right? Isn't that the same? It's
1: the same day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 she's, she's, she's like, like she's like, but, they but I don't it. see it. That's like another thing that I think is also. Because right. yeah. she is,
2: she has
0: started hardcore hallucinations. Mm-hmm. One of the early ones.
1: Yeah. Um. But but also, Mr. Babadook takes on this insect, like, man, you know, he's scuttling across the ceiling like a cockroach before he, like, and the, jumps like the down the
0: the the sounds are kind of crunchy and squishy at the same mm-hmm. time. Very insectile.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's like looking like like at a
0: reptile on 9 Nails.
1: <laughs> like, if, if if Jennifer Kent could do this in smell a vision there would just be, like, a wet cardboard set for Mr. <laughs> Babadook. Absolutely. <laughs> um... But this is, like, where it turns, and again, like, she's she's becoming, like, abusive. And you mentioned, like, taking them out to ice cream. Like, I find that really chilling because that's, like, that's after she's scared the shit out of him. That's after, yeah. like, right. you know. This um, is,
0: I know I fucked up. I'm trying yeah. to be
1: good. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, uh, if, if you, anybody who has experience with abusive people, this is, like, a very common pattern of, like, knowing they crossed a the line and then trying to, like, overcompensate the other way. Um yeah. if she's like lashing out when he uh tries to reach out to Miss Roach because he's scared, um uh, like cuts the phone line. It's just kind of like I know they talk about like the internet and stuff, but this movie also just feels like nebulously placed in both like place and time to me. Like it feels mm-hmm. like it could be um you know set in the other than like the internet stuff that they mentioned yeah. once. It like, could be set in the 70s. It could be set like. Uh, mm-hmm. There is know, no ten-
0: technology that is integral to the plot whatsoever. So, like, there's really nothing to anchor it
1: in, in a specific time. Yeah. I mean, they watch TV, but even that, like, they're, like, she's just kind of flipping around channels. And, like, apparently, I don't know how it's an Australian cable TV that just shows, like, the public domain silent movies on seven different yeah. channels. At time.
2: <laughs> and old cartoons. Mm hmm.
1: Uh, a a black mario baba's black sabbath at one point um but the uh as as she gets like more and more violent and abusive and and she's like spending her time mostly in bed there's the you mentioned like just sitting in the bathtub and like hey like are we getting what's going on like get in the bathtub with (laughs) me. isn't that nice um it's warm in here which which is is gross (laughs) Um, this is also when she starts to see her like first glimpse of the Babadook not just appearing as the Babadook but as as her husband Mm -hmm. Uh, she goes down in the basement and he says like you know just I'll I'll come back as long as you just just bring the boy to me and again echoing that the boy (laughs) stuff is dated Um, before she gets like fully possessed like jump like it there's the little bit of the horror movie like crawling away. But I think like, I, I guess spoiler for like what I think is going on in this movie. I don't really think there's a Duke. <laughs> I think this is a, a, a fear that her kid had from this book that she wrote. And then uh, a manifestation in her of this and the stuff that's happening to Samuel is that he's six and he has a hyperactive imagination and his mom's losing her mind. <laughs>
0: How can you say something um, so controversial and so brave? <laughs>
1: Um, I I like, want to say so that I is,
0: think that I agree with you, but it also gets weirdly literal right at the end.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go into we'll go into the yeah. end I, I think the end's brilliant actually. It's oh like yeah, maybe my my favorite thing about it. I guess like American distributors were trying to get her to go back and like film a different ending for it, and she was just like, "Fuck you, no." Which you I'm know. so
2: glad. I'm so glad she didn't. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Like, well, but the Babadook doesn't die. We need the Babadook to die. Like, no, no, you don't. And now they like point you can't get rid of it Mm -hmm. yeah and and i you know who knows if she'll hold true to this but i know like she's been very adamant about saying like yeah i know the babadook's very popular i know it's a cult hit i know it's taken off there will never be a babadook too no no i know
2: she's said that yeah what could you even do
1: i mean
0: i guess (laughs) you could do whatever but i think they pretty much said it
1: yeah um but this is, this is where she goes from being like, uh, disturbed to, to being a, uh, a, actually a actively trying to do ill intent. She, uh, the, the dog no longer, uh, sees her as friendly and starts growling at her. And she, uh, picks up the dog and snaps its neck. Which just like happened in, in the picture book. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know, we know what's next, right? Yeah. <laughs> next I mean, we we have,
0: we have her have a hallucination of her son murdered with his throat slashed on the couch and mm-hmm. then like probably a flash to reality where she is standing up with the knife and the kid is terrified of her but it like
1: she yeah. thinks that she's being
0: like motherly
1: <laughs> yeah she's she's protecting him by like keeping everybody out and keeping them locked in this dark terrifying <laughs> yeah. um but uh she's she's trying to uh now go after the sun and like mm-hmm. she says that we got to take the dog to the hospital and, uh, this is hey, the, guess very what? Jack
0: Nicholson and the shining. <laughs> you, you hurt me real bad.
1: <laughs> that was the, again, another like big influence that she said um, yeah. was, was the shining, which I, I think resonates throughout this whole movie. Um,
0: you know what? Here's, here's a controversial brave take. I think she may do it better than Jack.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, she kills a dog and he kills Halloran. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put those on the scales and weigh them about the same.
1: <laughs> um, but the, uh, that she, when she takes him down and starts like all of a sudden becoming very kind and nice and saying like, oh, guess what? Good news. We're going to be with your dad real soon. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah he he does see through that and uh stabs her in the leg with the knife uh she comes down to chase after him in the basement trips her trips her down the stairs with the the rig that we've seen earlier yeah. he, oh, and and he, he, demonstrated,
0: he demonstrated his uh mouse trap to to catch the the monster early in the movie yeah before he told that her how he was going to do
2: it right before it was, that is to me the scariest scene in the whole movie which is a really quick thing um but it's just she kind of, he goes into his room at one point and she jumps onto the door frame and starts kicking it
3: oh, like, yeah.
2: in the air oh. pretty much. And <laughs> then uh, very, very hereditary. And as she comes, it's it totally reminded me of hereditary. And then, yeah. And she, she's chasing him again before they go down the basement and she's like floating across the room.
0: It's no, terrible. I was, I was a little scared too, when the neighbor came next door from next door to check on them, the old woman. And, uh, yeah. like, she goes out and says, you know, I just want you to know that I I'm, I will do anything for you guys. I know things have been mm-hmm. rough, blah, blah. blah. And the, there's no conclusion to that conversation. The door shuts and that's when she comes back in and is acting super nice. Like, you think, yeah, well, maybe maybe those kind words got through to her and kind of broke right, through right, the, right. the fog she's in. But maybe she killed that old lady on the doorstep.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> Which, again, is just suggested, but very possible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a lot of stuff that happens here, like if not like out of frame, just sort of like left to the mind a little bit, which is like, mm-hmm. it, I think time also works weird. Like you had mentioned, like it's a, it's a pretty short movie. It's 90 minutes. and It's like, um, but it kind of feels like this takes place over a while. And then you'll occasionally get like the reminder of, like, Oh, he's missed three days of school. And it's like, right. Oh no, like she went nuts fast. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think it's like what, like, the, the next time we see the the child services people there, it's been two weeks. That's yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like, I mean, it's, all of this takes place within that span. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but but downstairs, when uh, she comes to, and she's been she's been tied up by apparently uh, Samuel is a sailor.
0: <laughs> he's, he's a <laughs> just practicing magician. He knows knots, Josh. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, but she's still able to, to to break free when he comes over after saying like, he's, you know, he's going to protect her. He's like, he, he loves her. And this is her. This is the Babadook. And
0: this, all right. So uh, I told you guys, you know, I, I sent you the message saying that this movie is going to make me feel is, how, who, who said this movie can make me feel things, that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, this is the scene that did it. Um, when yeah. he, he tells his mother, I know you don't love me. The Baba Duke won't let you. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like I was fine all throughout this As soon as he said that, like halfway through the sentence, I got like tense and anxious and then tears and then like angry angry sad. Oh so I yeah, I got some stuff to work
1: out, I guess. <laughs> well I mean it, it hits so hard. It's like it's like we mentioned hereditary, but I think that's like maybe one of the harder hitting things in hereditary is the just moment when Tony Collette just blurts out, I never wanted to be your mother. And yeah. just, right. Yeah,
0: I mean, this this was like a it was like a gut punch for me. Like I was yeah. completely out of the blue, was not expecting to be hit with anything remotely resembling that. Because, I mean, I've said before on these these shows that I don't generally get scared. And I still I mean, that still has held true. I, mm-hmm. I didn't get scared. But but this definitely did something. It, it hit a button
1: that I wasn't prepared for it to hit. um, And it hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like how he how how this has gotten out because she starts strangling him. And his response isn't to fight back. It's to like lovingly caress her face. Right. And that's like, you know, she's recoiled from touch from him in the, in the past, the beginning of the movie. And that's kind of like what breaks through. And she like vomits up whatever goop the Boba put in her. or I don't know. Maybe she drinks some Ipecac or something or some, (laughs) Um, but, uh, he, he, this could be the ending right like this could be like the oh they defeated the thing but he can't get rid of the bottom uh-huh.
0: um, oh yeah that 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 uh that part where he says that and gets violently yanked up the stairs kind of threw me for a second i thought mm. we were
1: headed home
2: and then they they end up on the bed and it starts doing an exorcist type shake yeah yeah, yeah.
1: Um, before once again, like now Amelia is confronted by the Babadook again, who shows up as her as her husband again, and was just like, "Hey, remember when you saw his head get cut into pieces? Remember that? Here it is." Um, <laughs> she fucking Chris Farley shows it. That was awesome. <laughs> um, before she finally, like you know, she basically shouts shouts it down. Is just like, "You leave leave me alone. <laughs> get out of here." Uh, and that that leads to our ending because you can't get rid of the Babadook because if the Babadook is your PTSD is your depression, is your grief, is your guilt, Mm -hmm. uh, you not dealing with it, obviously made it worse. So the Babadook now lives in the basement. Uh, they're, they're having their happy birthday with the two of them. He, uh, Samuel's playing with his, you know, his, his weapons now that mom approves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's
2: a he has another great one liner here when the agents are back and they're talking to him about his party and he says, My cousin's not coming because I broke her nose in two places. (laughs) Yeah. And but Amelia's reaction this time, instead of, you know, being like, Why can't you just be normal or being embarrassed? She just like pridefully says something like, Oh, he just tells it like it is or you know, something like that. Yeah, that's
0: the
1: he's just like his father. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I think the thing that, like, kind of resonates the most for me is just this kind of idea of, like, this is a monster you can't beat. It's a monster you have to, like, manage. You have to, like, exert mm-hmm. some sort of control over it. Because she goes down, and, like, later on she tells Samuel, like, oh, it was quiet today, it was fine. Um, But it's not, like, quiet and fine when she goes down there. It's, like, grabbing her and bending over her over and, like... Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Um, well, I mean, you don't know what, you have no context. I mean, not fine would be trying to murder him. So maybe this is an okay day.
2: But wait, I want to kind of dissect this scene a little bit more because, so she goes down there with a bowl of worms, right? Yes. That they're picking yeah, out of the garden.
0: She's feeding it. She's taking care of it.
2: Before we see that, we, we do see that the dog is buried in the garden. Um. So because this scene is such, it's another one of those really blending uh visually and just in in other aspects between dream reality and interpretation so Mm -hmm. um so yeah she takes the worms down like you said he he asks. she says it was quiet today and then sam does a little magic trick and this is what made me have a different interpretation of the end this time he does this little magic trick where he he produces a coin and then he puts it under a platter and he lifts the platter and there's a dove. Okay. Um, so while I completely agree that like, like you said, Josh, it's, it's, yes, the Babadook is her trauma and her grief and it never goes away. And it's, um, it's in the basement forever. I think the dove, the presence of that dove could mean that she did kill him and herself. And when she comes up from the basement covered in what, you, you know, looks like black goop. That could be blood like she could have uh, the, the events foretold in the book could have co- actually come to fruition. And she did. She did kill them both. And they did not make it.
0: I don't like that. No. I don't either.
2: I don't either. And so then I <laughs> I really that really bummed me out. Yeah. Uh, I did find people who came to that same conclusion. Uh, but then I also found people an interpretation that I like better that says that the dove simply means that uh, Amelia is coming around to trying to see things the way Samuel sees them. Right. Because he says several times throughout the movie, um, you know, life is not always what it seems. It can be a wondrous thing or it can be treacherous. Like he says, mm-hmm. these lines over and over. So yeah. the dove is maybe just her trying to see things as he sees it. So I'm going to, that's the ending that I am going to go with. Uh, but did, Josh, did you think that at all?
1: Um, see, what I thought is that just for the last scene, John Woo was in town, and <laughs> Jeffrey Kent just said, "Hey, do you want to do a scene in my movie?" And he's like, uh, "He had he produced the dove from his pocket, and <laughs> that's where all the doves come from."
3: <laughs> um, I, I thought it I, I had...
1: that
0: right before they went down in the basement, uh, the the child asks if he can see it. Like, when when can I see it? Mm hmm. Yeah, and she says maybe when you're older, um, I don't know. That's 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 that for me was kind of like, oh, this is like weirdly literal now. Like, I, I get the idea of it being a like a metaphor for dealing with like managing your grief and taking care mm-hmm. of, it, not just like ignoring that it's there. Um, but this like both bringing down the bowl of worms to feed it, and talking about it as if there's actually something to see there, uh, was kind of like I'm not quite sure how to feel about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it is funny. Like oh, maybe you can see it when you're older. Like that's okay. When you get older, you'll have your own depression. You'll yeah, you this definitely will see it when
0: you're older. It's it's going to be a little different than this, but
2: well, yeah, and you're definitely going to have some trauma from the shit I said to you during this movie, right? Like,
0: this night is definitely going to linger with you.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, let's let's go get some ice cream. Let's go. Mm.
0: <laughs> Cookies for dinner.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> no i uh I'm trying to think if there's uh i think we we got through most of like the the metaphor and themes mm-hmm. and stuff we end up kind of like like promised diving straight through the plot as we do <laughs> um is there stuff that you want i know you, you took pretty extensive notes is there other stuff you wanted to like um get to i i think for me like i don't know i i know i gave my jokey john Wu answer but like i there I think the the interpretation I want to have of this movie is that like not that she killed herself and killed him. It's uh, that there is some measure of like management or 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 hope or like a, just a, a
0: uh, yes going
1: to <laughs> sort of con- contain and it, while acknowledging and
0: like, yeah. caring for the darkness the end seemed oddly hopeful to me. Yeah.
2: That's how I always took it before too, but it was that fucking dove. I don't know. It just like, it really hit me this time. Like, Oh my God.
0: I see how you can They're get dead.
2: yeah Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, no, the only things, other things I wanted to point out, I guess, are just like the s- subtle visual things throughout the whole film that I just think are brilliant. Like um, how, uh, when Samuel is first like down the basement playing with some of his father's stuff, I guess props from whatever sort of performance life he had, there's a poster on the wall and it says like, do spirits come back Um, there? There's just all these little seeds that, um, that the Babadook imagery kind of springs from. So it's like such a brilliant way to, to, uh, to, Make her, make this family's trauma really come to life and be concrete in, like the babadook. Another family go- going through a, a similar tragedy would have a very different looking babadook, is what I'm saying, right? Like this was, I think this yeah. was their their specific personal babadook. <laughs> they have a
0: um when in that same scene, like he has like hung his father's hat, like top hat, on a like a hat rack, and then like draped his father's, I assume performance clothes like it's mm-hmm. dark dark over vest you know dark pants violins propped up in a chair hanging out the arms are spread wide kind of reminiscent of the how the babadook looks um when we see him several
1: times throughout the film so i, I think there's definitely or something it's even there. exactly like in a police station now it's like
3: yeah hung up like
1: that right um, yeah no they i can't <laughs> I don't know why this popped into my head, but you're just, like, making me think, like, how would it, like, manifest in somebody else's house? And I'm just thinking, like, if the dad was, like, a really big fan of, like, Gallagher or something. and What?
2: Well, just... I was thinking that, too. Like, what if he picked, like, a more modern magician, like a Chris Angel or David <laughs> Blaine or something? Can you imagine how horrifying that would be? Joe Bluth.
1: <laughs> um... You've got to tell me I'm being mind freaks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: If it's Joe Bluth with Franklin. That's <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right. I think with, with that said, I think we're we're heading up into, into sales force country. One, I mean, uh, one more thing. One more thing. Ask our guest. Okay, okay. One more thing. All right, Colombo. All
0: right, yeah. um, what's with the jaw pain? She tears a tooth out of her mouth at the end. It does. Does this mean anything? And we didn't say anything about it. Didn't kind of glossed over it. Was there, was there something to that, or is that just an, a, a weird little aside?
2: I thought it was just another representation of the fact that she just has no time or ability to care for herself.
0: So maybe she was having, like, dental problems on top of yeah. everything else, and this is just—it's yeah, just, constantly bothering her. She can't take care of it.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: And she and right. and just in her, this moment of <laughs> mania, oh. she just— um, Which— uh, it, um, that is actually something that my younger brother did he uh he had a toothache and he he's, he has autism and doesn't really know how to communicate clearly sometimes when he's having these issues and he uh they scheduled a dentist appointment for him i guess it was so bad that he just went into the bathroom and pulled his own tooth out of his mouth like not a, an adult tooth not a not a loose tooth with his bare hands
2: baller <laughs> myth
1: that's <was> <laughs> hardcore yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, uh, it didn't like, you know, provoke just several years of, of phobia about blood and. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I can imagine he did not have a great understanding of what he did and what just happened.
1: The <laughs> What the consequences would be. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but let <laughs> do
0: <knew> it hurt. <laughs> he wanted it to not hurt. Okay.
1: All right. Let's, let's, uh, let's head up onto the sales floor here. Sure. Uh, so, um, I mean, I know I like, I think, Jen, you kind of gave your, like, sales pitch up top when I asked, like, why you picked this movie. Mm-hmm. Um so Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't want to just echo kind of the same points, but, like, I do have a soft spot for just, like, horror movies that are uh, a bit more like, like, the sanctuary type fun ones and the, the no deeper meaning, but there is, there's something, I think, that you can uh, express through the medium of horror. Like, I think these ideas about, like, <clears throat> like, God, things just suck as a parent for her so much. <laughs> it was it's like it's, it's so bad, it's so terrible. And like I, I, don't I think need to keep
0: butting in, but I, I kinda had an idea floating around in my head earlier today um after watching that it is almost like like folklore or mythology where it's trying to explain something that we don't have a real solid explanation for. Um like we tried to explain Thunder away as it being angry gods or or things like that. This this is another one of those things where mental trauma and stuff it, like we're starting to get a handle on it but we don't really know so this kind mm-hmm. of this kind of storytelling to me um kind of resonated with me in that way like i kind of like the idea of it being trying to explain
1: the unexplained mm-hmm. yeah and it's um it, i think doing it in a way that you know we've talked about like multiple interpretations and i think it does it artfully enough that people are able to because it, i think everybody has some degree of trauma i think even people that you think have like a very privileged life i think just the way human experience works is that the the scale of the trauma and grief might change but the experience of it doesn't if that makes sense like i think mm-hmm. um so it's trauma, such a yes, trauma. <laughs> yeah it's it's such an easy thing to to grasp onto and to understand and i think i don't know specifically for me just that um that angle of i I think what you could say in this in in the horror genre that you have a hard time saying otherwise is just that it's not that she doesn't love him. it's just that it's uh it is it is challenging and hard and there are moments i think there are moments that most parents have with their kid uh where you have to think about like it just pops into your head like what would things be like if i never had this kid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's, right, and it, she's it's got the extra
0: layer of complication. Fought. Yeah, she's got the extra layer of complication of her husband died, not not because of her having this child, but like they're kind of wrapped up together, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. would yeah. he still be there if they didn't get pregnant? Who knows? I can't even imagine what that would be
1: like. Yeah. So I I think that that the resonance and just, I, 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 again, the first thing I wanted to talk about when we started talking about this movie was the performances too. I think it's real easy to make the forgettable, uh, shutter original version of this movie that doesn't hit as hard. And I think a lot of that has to do with just how lived in (laughs) these performances are. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, it's, uh, it's kind of a, a, pretty cool tightrope act that this movie walks. So um, I think I know where you're landing on this one, but I I'm, I, I want to get the official verdict. So I, why, don't you, why don't you hit me with it? you talking to me or Jen? You. Well, this is the <laughs> movie that Jen picked, so I'm mad at yeah, me. But you, you preface curveball. that whole thing just like, know,
0: prior to all my interruptions as <laughs> asking her about it again. So, all right, fine. We'll do the thing that the show does. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Talk about what I think. Um, I I liked it. Uh, I liked it quite a quite a lot. Uh, more than I thought I was going to. Um, I think I find oftentimes with movies like this that generate a little bit of buzz and kind of get kicked around as, you know, s- smart or you know, having something to say. Um, sometimes maybe they don't have as much to say as <laughs> people might want them to. <laughs> and they just latch on that as a talking point because so few films try to mm-hmm. have something to say, it seems like. Um, and I, I, like I said earlier, this, this movie's not really super subtle about the things that it has to say but i think that it executes them really really strongly you, you're talking about performances um i i think child actors being what they are whatever you know it, it's a fine performance all around um once it stops being a little so screamy i was a little more invested into it uh, but the early stuff him having his freakouts and things like that they did what they were supposed to do so i can't fault them too much for that and i mean i already said that i think that the, the main actress does a tremendous job like rivaling Jack Nicholson in the shining. And I, I'm, I'm not going to walk that back. I think that's, <laughs> I think I, I think I believe that. um
1: Yeah. I mean, I, that's even in the shining. That was Stephen King's big complaint about Jack Nicholson is that, that he looks crazy from the first frame. And I I think Essie Davis here, like who looks in the same scene, like, guilty confused angry sad like mm-hmm. frustrated there, like
0: it's it's taking nothing away from jack um i'm gonna say his name like i know him but yeah it's you're right he it's a it's a big performance from him in that movie he's not asked to do a lot of small stuff like it's big from the get-go whereas hers is very much pulled back and like you see a a journey from where she starts to where we end up at. Um, and I, I was super impressed by that.
1: Um, sweet. We got, got another one in the wind column here. So Mm -hmm. good, good choice, Jen. Um, and, uh, so we we got our, our, our stuff to do here. We got, um, I've got this Crispin Glover award for acting excellence here. Um, and there's a caveat on this one. I'm going to acknowledge, like we've been saying all along that, that, Essie Davis is the best actress in this movie, but the Chris the Crispy is most memorable performance. And I think Noah Wiseman is our crispy winner here because uh, I think I think he gets uh <laughs> he gets memeified for a reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I I wanna like hard disagree with you, but then again he did make me burst into tears, so
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it's like again you talk about the journey with with her it's, it's, it's a it's a big journey with him too and i think uh it's always hard like to rate child performances because in some ways there's not like it's not craft it's like it's it has more to do with like the directors and like how they oh, interact sure. with the kid than the kid itself I mean, like um
0: you want to refer back to the shining right <laughs> i mean that yeah. that's a pretty great performance from the child or um something that this movie really reminded me of is also as can't believe i didn't bring it up while we we're talking uh the sixth sense
3: mm-hmm.
1: um
0: there's yeah. a lot of that
1: yeah no it's um I, I think i think he's uh pretty phenomenally cast in this role and i think the people that get like annoyed at him or like like start like, to sympathize with like like oh yeah i would kill that kid too and i'm just like well there's something like you're supposed you. to feel and,
0: that way for the first half of the movie yeah he's just he's
1: hard he's a difficult child mm-hmm. um so, uh, yeah, that's uh, what, we, what we got here. So uh, as is our tradition, um, I'm going to ask our guest here to help us um, pick out a film for next time. So we got a little. Um, oh, boy. So I got I got I got two categories here. Just each category just has two movies in it. But um, we have now uh, covered our uh, fifth continents on the show. So it's up to you. Jen, whether we uh, we stay home or we go abroad, um, what, what, what what say ye? I just have to pick. Get, you're not going to let her even hear what the like, yeah. No, we're going to get to what the movies are, but we got to we got to pick the category first. So we, a, a, we stay like at home like, or we So you
2: asked for international. That's the first question.
1: <laughs> I, I I said stay home or go abroad, but you, you can yeah. you can interpret that how you wish.
2: Okay. Um. Well. Oh, I see. Well, let's travel. It's the new year.
1: Okay. Um, so Jed, I just, I want to remind you that you do have a dead switch that I've duct taped to your hand. Um, I, I know like reminding you when you've got it, there is, is difficult, but at any time, if you want to do possessor instead, you just press that. button.
0: <laughs> I, I'm you going to treat suggests. this, uh, this power that I have as if it were the money in the bank briefcase. You never know when I'm going to cash it in, uh, but I'm right. never going to cash it
1: in. <laughs> so uh the only continent that we have not covered yet um besides antarctica which i you know unless we're covering the thing i don't think we're gonna we're gonna get to that one uh as we, we have not why not film put film. that one up there
0: that
3: seems like
1: <laughs> oh it's seems like a word that might be like a series finale um uh we're gonna do a, a film from it. south america you haven't seen well okay we'll get there, we'll get there. uh so Jen, you're gonna help me pick here. Um, right. We can either do a movie that I think you've seen, or a movie that I think you ha- probably haven't seen. But the, the, we'll start with the one I think you've seen. We could do Terrified from from Argentina, uh, the filmmakers put out like a another movie this year. I think um, uh-huh. maybe a candidate for like a, a film to to scare Jed. I know he hasn't gotten scared yet, but I think there's like one or two parts in that movie that are like legitimately upsetting. Um, or, uh, I'm gonna maybe sell this guy a little bit, talk a little bit more about him, because, um, we haven't done a, a Coffin Joe movie yet, which is, uh, it's, that's Brazil's, uh, first horror movie character who's kind of like, um, the, if the crypt keeper and Freddy Krueger and, uh, like the, the tall man all kind of got together and like their main goal was to like, have a perfect baby so we could do at midnight i'll take your i'll take your soul which is the first coffin gen so which of those two sounds better to you
2: oh gosh um i am gonna go with terrified because i've actually i have not seen that one but i loved when evil lurks so
1: yeah We'll, we'll go on our journey and just to uh, uh, say if we had stayed home i was um specifically thinking my former home and jed's home uh, a, a series i've been wanting to get back to for a while that's set in ohio um you would have picked between nightmare and elm street one and two so uh that would have been the, the, the stay home option there oh
2: so. can i change it <laughs>
1: Locked in. You don't have that button. You don't have the dead switch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's going to do his best to make me use it.
2: (laughs) All
3: right.
1: All right. Before we get into our business stuff, do either of you have things that you want to recommend to people that check out or do? or? I
0: I will tell people about something that I have been kind of dabbling in, but I don't – I can never recommend it to somebody.
2: Interesting. does it involve buying sex toys from Wish?
0: <laughs> I want to change my answer. <laughs> no, it is uh, painting miniatures like Warhammer 40k. I've, I'm just gonna go full nerd this year. I think um, I bought some some starter kits, and I I I don't know that I'll ever actually play the game, but the the idea of doing like the painting and stuff has been kicking around in my head for several years now. Uh, and I got a, a buddy up here who just Re- recently decided to just kind of leapfrog my <laughs> my obsession and uh, start doing it so I, I
1: I think I might do it nice sure. Need anything you've been watching, digging on Jen you want to shout out to people
2: um, I would just say if you have not seen Poor Things yet, go see it immediately, try to see it on the big screen before it leaves, my favorite movie of the year
0: Godzilla Minus One
2: I've seen that too, also very good but um no Four things. That's what I'm nope.
0: saying. Godzilla minus one. <laughs> I haven't okay. seen either. I haven't seen the other one, but Godzilla minus one.
2: <laughs> well,
1: you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> I haven't seen Godzilla minus one, but I can't imagine it has a line in it better than she grabbed my hairy business. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you'd be wrong. <laughs> All right, uh, business stuff. Uh, please join our, our Facebook group. Uh, uh, we've coming out on other various dumb stuff there. Uh, it's kind of the only social media or communication option we have these days. So hop on over there. Um, if you uh, listen to us and you enjoyed us on, uh, and you, you could please rate and review us. Um, iTunes and Spotify um, drive the most traffic. And man, they, I've got the freshest agreement here. And we just, just shake these papers. I just want to make it sure cause people think I make these up. And like if I made them up, would you hear the paper? that I'm looking at? I, I think not. No. Um, uh, it says here that if you want to leave a bad review, uh, you have to submit it in pop-up book form. So, oh. get, get to work.
3: I like that. It's a creative.
1: But, uh, until then, thank, thank you again so much for, for joining us, Jen. Thanks for oh, picking yes. this movie out for us. A, Always a pleasure. Uh,
2: thank you for having new? me.
1: Yeah. Sure. Um. We will see you next time for Terrified complete our journey around the world. Until then, buh-bye. Bye.